Hey, what's going on? This is Doc here from Strange Talk with Doc. I'm glad you're with me. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, but let's start this bad boy off. I want to ask America a question. So you went out and you brought logs. You went out and brought gas. You got yourself some matches. But you don't want any fire, do you? You don't really want the smoke that comes along with the gas, the logs, and those matches you brought. And you're going to say, you say, what are you getting at? We'll get to that. We will get to that. You will understand what I am talking about fully in a couple of minutes. But let's start off where we always start off. COVID, 203,000 deaths here in the United States of America with 7 million cases. Worldwide, we got 985,000 deaths and 32.3 million cases. But it's still a fucking joke. COVID doesn't exist. It's a conspiracy theory. It's, you know, the deal. It's nothing to be taken serious. There's no need to mask or social distance. It's only COVID. It's only a pandemic. So we lost Gail Sayers this week at the age of 77. I never got to see Gail Sayers play football. I've seen him the same way you did, the NFL channel, uh, football life. Brian's song, the movie, but my father used to tell me that he was the best of the best, and I'm going to take my pop's word that he was electrifying his stats, prove it. Any man who can make the Hall of Fame in only playing five years of active service in the NFL must have been outstanding. He must have been amazing, you know. And we also lost the road warrior animal this week, John Laronitis. John Laronitis had a son who played for the Los Angeles Rams. I don't even know if he's still in the NFL or not. His brother also kind of ran the WWE for years. But Animal was a part of one of my favorite tag teams, the Legion of Doom. Uh, the only one that's still with us is Precious Paul. I wish Precious Paul well. I've enjoyed Road Warrior Animal's work over the years immensely, and he died at the young age of 60. So rest in peace to Mr. Sears and Mr. Laronitis. I wish them nothing but speedy trip into paradise. So we had another person killed by the police, Kurt Reinhold, 42-year-old man, out in San Clemente, California, the OC Sheriff's Department deputies killed him. He got into a tussle with these deputies, but his crime was jaywalking. His crime was jaywalking. They couldn't even turn a blind eye to a jaywalking in 2020 with all the things that are going on. He did not attack them. He did not run up on them. They could have said, listen, dude, don't do that shit no more. And keep it moving. Keep it moving. Where's the de-escalation part of policing in the United States of America? Where is it? Where is the sensitivity training in the police departments in the United States of America? No man should get a death penalty for jaywalking. I said no man. I didn't say a black man. I said no man should get a death penalty for jaywalking in America. This is fucking ridiculous. Now, this is the part 
will we come up to those logs, that gas and the matches in America that's been brought, sold and paid for in 2020 and going all the way back to 1693. So Daniel Cameron, the Kentucky Attorney General and the grand jury in Kentucky figures out that these officers should not be indicted in the Breonna Taylor case. They should not be indicted. The only one who was indicted was just Brett Hackerson and for something like wanton uh, wanton assault or some bullshit like that. Okay? So the wall of the neighbor's house meant more than Breonna. And those who were looking to dig into every aspect of Breonna Taylor's life who she associated with, et cetera, to come up with justifications. And I'm going to get to Barkley, and I'm going to get to Shaq later, but not right now. This Daniel Cameron, who was praised by Trump for handling of this case, and he's a real brilliant star. This is what he, this soulless individual, his job is to not, as a prosecutor, make cases disappear. His job is to bring cases to trial, but he acted like he was a defense attorney for the police department instead of a prosecutor. And this is wrong. And and this Louisville situation is so out of control and it's so bad. You had a major, Bridget Hanahan. She commands the 5th Division out there in Louisville. She calls Antifa and the Black Lives Matter movement punks. She said that these are people who had lived in their parents' basements. They work at Walmart and they're going to be washing their cars. And that she thinks that the police department shouldn't validate, validate or make them feel important. Well, thankfully, the interim chief, Robert Snyder, has told her that her last day of work is going to be October 1st, 2020. It's time to retire. See, this is part of the problem. You have people like this in positions of power who sit there and they think of these other people, these other human beings, these taxpayers, these mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, college students, business people, as though they are less than. They go out of their way to feel that they are less than them. Because you put on a uniform every day, and you have a badge, and you have a gun, and you took an oath, does not make you better than anybody else. It just means that you are doing this one particular job. A lawyer is not any better of a human being than a dude who sweeps floors at McDonald's. And the guy at McDonald's is no better human being than the bum who lives in the gutter. It's circumstances. Because that does not measure your heart. That does not measure your soul, your kindness. Your job does not measure. It's not a litmus test for who you really are inside. This is just a profession that you choose to hold. So, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm really disgusted, Louisville. So now we have all this unrest once again. So you got rallies in New York, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Chicago, Washington, D.C., 
Dallas, Portland, and L.A. And this is because it's compounded interest. They keep buying these logs, they keep buying this gas, and they keep buying these matches, and then they wonder why things burn. But you brought them. You until somebody in power with a voice that is trusted by the people for the people actually says that we stand with you and we are going to do something. We are going to do something. What's very scary about this situation is we haven't got to Aubrey. We haven't got to Floyd's trials. When those trials happen and if something goes haywire, what's going to happen? How many logs how many gallons of gas and how many barrels of matches have been brought to set this whole fucking place on fire? And that's a question we have to ask ourselves because we need to start getting fixed. We're obviously ill, but we're not going to the doctor. We're not taking medicine. We're not doing anything to heal our wounds. We're not, we're leaving these open scabs just to fester in the air. And then those fester scabs, you're rubbing them up against the very next person. And now they got scabs and we're just all running around with all these scabs in America. And nobody's, like I said, even putting a drop of salve on them. Not even a drop. We have nobody in power. We have nobody anywhere that's saying, let's heal these wounds. You know, we, we got to start healing these wounds, man. So Eric Trump is going to have to testify on October 7th because a federal judge stepped in and said, you know what, motherfucker, get your ass here. You're going to testify against the Trump's organization, even though he tried to hold this off to after the election. And one of those just in case daddy wins, I can make it go away situation. But Eric Trump, you're going to be under oath. And if you lie, I hope they use your words against you. I don't wish you bad. But if you lie, you get what you deserve, just like any other citizen of the United States of America. So Trump is out there mocking Joe Biden for wearing a mask. And I gave you the I gave you the COVID numbers when we started out. I guess these are all fluff, fake, and those loss of lives mean nothing to these people. Does the mask 100 percent protect you? No, but it gives you something. I mean, I mean, this is just the way it is. What is so hard about the mask? We've been used to it now. This is how we've been walking around for months. Do I want to get from up under it? Do I want to move around in regular life? You damn right I do. There's things that I want to do that I don't feel comfortable doing during COVID. I don't feel comfortable in my soul doing certain things that's enjoyable in a pandemic when so many people are suffering. They're just things day to day that I would not do because I think it's a spit in other people's faces to for me to be out and about just enjoying all forms of life when other people are worried about feeding their children. This, but that's just me. I can't. I'm not telling you to feel the way I do, but that's how I feel. So he says he. Uh, Trump also says that he doesn't believe that he wants to just turn over peacefully. Uh, the election, if it goes against him, unless a landslide and his son agrees with him, we have this idiot, Tom Tillis, he agrees with them. But for the most part, I will even give the Republicans credit. They have said since 1792, everybody has respected the vote and they don't expect any difference this time. 
And that's what we need to have. This vote must be respected. Because he says, what did he says? The Democrats are going to cheat with the mail-in ballots, right? That's the only way he feels he can lose. So he feels like he's in a no-lose situation unless he gets cheated. And I think that's him being, once again, a megalomaniac, not dealing with any forms of reality, him just being Trump. What, what else can we expect from Trump but to be Trump? And that's one thing I will say that he has hold steady on. He has not been he has not been two-faced. He's been this one fucked up face that's been in our face, that's been wrong 90% of the times, and he can accept being wrong with no issues, no problems. And I, that's psychopathic to me. Mm-hmm. So the FDA said they expect they're going to announce tougher requirements for the COVID vaccine. But Trump said Wednesday that he might not approve the FDA standards if they're too stringent. He, I mean, what is this? So we want to have a failed vaccine put out that might do more harm than good, but let's have the uh, guidelines be as light as possible. We don't need anything heavy duty on these uh, testing, which I think is counterproductive. But that's the way we live. I mean, it's scary, the world that I'm in right now. It really is. Canada's had a rise, a, a spike. And they're seeing their highest numbers for COVID infections since April and early May. Canada, that means you're doing something a little backwards. Whatever you were doing before, you need to get back to doing it. I'm not Canadian. I'm not privy to what's going on up there. But I tell you what, you need to get back. You don't want to. We can't regress. Everybody has to be progressing, not regressing. Like just like New York, the health department in New York is threatening six neighborhoods in uh, Brooklyn for the most part because the COVID numbers have went through the rise. And they're talking about like reclosing non-essential businesses. Makes no sense that we have to go through this, but what are you going to do? Okay, so let's go to something a little lighter. I know I'm late to the party. I say that a lot when it comes to entertainment. A lot of times I am late to the party, but I started watching this show, The Office. You might be familiar with it. Uh, The Office is about these sick people who work in one office, and I'm enjoying it. I'm on season two, and it's a crazy ride, so I'm going to stick with this ride. So so far, I'm giving The Office a thumbs up, and I got to give Lovecraft Country thumbs up again. That is a bizarre-ass uh, season season one is crazy, and I'm enjoying season one, so I appreciate that. That gives me something to do when I'm not watching sports, and we will get to some sports. And I would like to thank Mr. Carlos Valdez. He is a dude who does, I guess he's a TikToker, and he had ran into this Papa John pizza delivery man, uh, Derlin Newey. He's an 89-year-old man who's supplementing his retirement by working as a police, a pizza delivery guy. So what he did was he got his TikTokers to donate money, and he was able to give this man a $12,000 tip. So I say hats off. Even in the midst of all bad, things don't always have to be all bad. There's still kindness out there. There's still generous people out there. There's still people with good souls out there. 
And that's a beautiful thing that you did for another human being. So, Mr. Valdez, I appreciate you. If nobody else says it anywhere else, and I'm sure Mr. Newey said it, but I'm going to say it also. Doc is saying thank you. Even though it does not affect me personally, it affects me because it's humanity. I love to see humanity at its best. So Strange Talk with Doc has now officially entered on Amazon Music. I'm proud to say I'm on Amazon Music. Matter of fact, I've listened to myself on Amazon Music. I appreciate Amazon for allowing me to be a part of the Amazon Music family. It's another place that can, this show can be heard. Now, like I tell you all the time, you could just look and see my website is listed at the bottom of any place that you listen to Strange Talk. And you can contact me there. You can email me. You can have suggestions if you'd like to call in or be a guest or even hawk a product. Just hit me up. Let me know about the product. Maybe we'll touch base and I will do my best to promote your product or business or event the best of my abilities. Okay. So Deion Sanders gets hired by Jackson State. Now, I have no problem. I'm a, I'm a big primetime fan, but I do have a, a little bit of issue with this God called me to do things type deal. Uh, I don't even know how that works. Uh, I have not really heard of a lot of men being called by God who are not even married men who are in relationships with women. Uh, how he has a special uh, relationship with God and him that's not for me to really say, but he feels that God called him to go to Jackson State. And I wish him the very best there. I, I wish Jackson State the very best. I mean, even though he does have two sons that are committed to play football for other schools, one for South Carolina and the other one for Florida Atlantic University, he'll probably get them to transfer over to Jackson State. So why wouldn't the Sanders men all be together? That makes perfect sense. And I, I don't fault him for that. This week was HBCU week. And being HBCU week, they've been in the forefront of a lot of things that I've been seeing and hearing about. Now, me personally, I never really entertained going to HBCU. I'm a black man from a, growing up where I grew up. It was a, I would say, easily 98% all black neighborhood. All the businesses were black. Everybody I seen all day were black. People I went to junior high school were black. People I went to high school was were black. Public school was black. So by the time that it got to college age, the last thing I wanted to do was only be around black people. Now, I'm sure things have changed now since they were from the early 80s. And I know that maybe you got 20, 30 percent of the student body are now also others for lack of a better word, forgive me, lack of another better word, others, non-blacks, right? But the HBCUs have got to pump up the volume a little. And what I mean by pump up the volume is we got to, if we're going to promote historically black colleges and universities, we got to do better than have acceptable 900 SATs acceptable you don't want to be considered as a group of 13 grade colleges. I have never worked really with too many people from 
historically black colleges and universities and not to say that they aren't world beaters. The people who come out of these universities aren't doing some fantastic, beautiful things. Entrepreneurs, doctors, lawyers, judges, you name it. Heart surgeons, I'm sure. But the graduation rates in these schools cannot continue to be in the low 30s. And right now, as of today, when I check, 32%. That's almost one, I mean, three out of every 10 kids that go to these schools is only three of them graduating. So we got to do something there. I don't know what the culture is. I don't know if you're indoctrinated when you go. I mean, you go to a regular college and you're just a student in a college and the shit is on you. You don't need to you don't need to learn all this, everything about the school to be a student of the school. But I understand that they served a purpose. They served a purpose when there was nowhere else to go. These places had to be there. They were very necessary. I feel that this is more of a Southern thing than a Northern thing. This is not a part of my upbringing. Do I have buddies that went to Wilberforce? Do I have buddies that went to Howard and Hampton and Alabama A&M? Sure I do. I have buddies that went to these schools. I got buddies who are members of fraternities in these schools, Cheney State and places like that. But like I said, for the most part, me being a Northern and having a complete Northern mentality, the last place I wanted to end up was in Mississippi or Alabama or some small town in Texas. It was not in my it was not in my mindset. These were places that are nightmares to me. I'm an adult. I'm of a certain age. And I still have not been to Mississippi. And I still not have been to Alabama. And I have no desire. I said that last week. I don't do the A&M. That's Alabama and Mississippi. There's no amount of money that will make me go to either one of those states. And I have lived everywhere from San Diego into New York. So you put those states in between. I've even lived in places like Indiana, Texas, Florida, Washington, Virginia, uh, Georgia. And Georgia was as far south as I'm really willing to go. And I didn't even like fucking Georgia. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I liked Atlanta. Fuck Atlanta. And I, mean, I got to be honest. I, I One thing about me is I, I promise honesty. Fuck Atlanta and fuck that kind of culture. That is not my kind of culture. I'm a city boy. I'm a Brooklyn guy. I like the freedom. I don't want to hear no shit. I mean, I've been to Cummins, Georgia, where in like 1989, when we was escorted out of town. And because Juan Williams and me being a Brooklyn guy, Juan Williams is not a big name where I come from, but in Georgia, I believe that's a pretty big name, and rest in peace, if I'm not mistaken, he passed away a couple of years ago, but it seemed like he set them off down there, white people, and so there was a Martin Luther King Day or something like that. I happened to be in Cummins, and I was told that basically you need to leave town before sundown. Now, if somebody wants to call me out on that, I am more than willing to speak to you, but this is gospel I'm talking here. And you can't deny that Georgia has a bad history also. So I like to see that Georgia's come up and become some kind of black Mecca, but Mecca, 
but it ain't a place for me. So you know what? I I say personally, I can't go any farther in Raleigh, North Carolina, anything further south than that. I really don't want nothing to do with. So I would never send my child uh, to a HBCU unless it was uh, Howard because they, they wouldn't have to go as far. Because the Southern mentality is not, that's not where my family is. It's not how I was raised. I never went South when I was a kid. I don't know anything about Southern culture. I ain't never seen a tobacco farm. I mean, I had buddies who would go down in the summer to visit their relatives and they would work in the South. And I was like, fuck that. I went to camp. I went to summer camp, sleepaway summer camp. They went to grandma's house to fucking pick. Tobacco. I mean, so, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's just not for me. It's not something that I think about. And, and like I said, I have no problems with historically black colleges and universities, but it's, we've got to pump that volume up. We cannot be having, like I said, 32% graduation rates. If we're going to do something, let's do it and excel. We can't have the national rate of graduation be anywhere from 55 to 85 percent, 55 to 85 percent, and the black colleges at 32 percent. I mean, we're talking even at the low end, you're 20 percent less than a normal four-year accredited school, and that those numbers are appalling. They are very appalling. At least they're appalling to me. And we gotta raise the standard. The standard of 950 for SAT is low. I mean, damn, you still get points for signing your name properly. So let's pump that up, man. Let's, if we're going to be proud of them, let's make them something to be proud of. Now, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to get to the sports section of the show. So bear with me, and I hope that you If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Well, let me explain. It is free, people. They have creative tools that would allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, which will make your life a lot easier. And this way it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many other apps that play podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just go to the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm online to get started, and you can thank me later. Welcome back. This is Strange Talk with Doc, and I appreciate you sticking through the commercial. Now, let's talk a little bit of sports. So, Major League Baseball is getting ready to round that final corner, people, that very final corner to go to the playoffs, and I'm very happy that my New York Yankees have once again made the playoffs. They seem to be limping in was on a losing streak, didn't go on a 10-game winning streak. Now it looks like we're on another four-game losing streak. And I don't really appreciate how they're playing. I expect so much better, but it seems like the Yankees have so many injuries on and off. But hopefully they could put that 10-game win streak uh, together again when the playoffs kick off. And I'll keep you up to breast more about the Major League Baseball during the playoffs. The shortened season, nobody really cares. You got to be a real diehard baseball fan. So Delonte West is back out there. And I'm wishing Delonte West the very best, man. But you got to want help. In this world, you got to want help. 
Nobody can force help down your throat. Nobody can pick you up by your bootstraps. They can lend you a hand. They can lend you a helping hand, but you still got to put some effort to getting up. And it seems like people keep reaching out to him. And I will never dog him out because I've known Delante, not him personally, but I've known Delante Wesses. I've known too many Delante Wesses coming from where I come from. And some of them have made it and some of them have given in and given up. And that became their lives forever. So the choice is yours, Mr. West. I I am hoping for the best. I am hoping that you become an inspirational story to the masses of somebody who came from where you were, rose to the heights that you rose, fell to the bottom that you did, and then re-rose again like a phoenix. But that's on Delante because I'm sure there are people who love him, who want to help him. And I'm, I'm hoping, well, I can't personally say for, for sure that I know. But I am hoping that there are people in that world, that NBA community, who reach, if they could reach out to strangers, why can't they reach out to this brother? So Shaq, but mostly Charles Barkley, he's getting a lot of backlash for some of the things that he said about Breonna Taylor. And Charles looking for justification for why Breonna Taylor was shot is insanity. I'm not going to call him out of his name. I leave that for you to do. I leave that for some other podcast to do because I just don't feel like doing that today. But I think it's foolish to look for justification and then to come up and then follow it and double down with stupid shit like who are black people supposed to call ghostbusters? No, defunding the police is smart. Nobody said disbanding the police. And I think that's where he might have a little bit of mistake. He's confusing disbanding with defunding. They, a lot of police departments are overfunded and that's how they got militarized. So if you defund them, you take some of those assets and you put them back into community. You remember when you was a kid or my age, there were a lot more programs than they offer kids today. Programs now are PlayStation, Xbox, cable TV, and things of that nature. Where's the after-school program? Where's a boys and girls club? Where's PSAL? I mean, where the hell are these places? Where are the fresh air funds? So you could take some of that money from police departments and put those in there. Like I said, I'm not trying to go full in on Charles Barkley. The internet is doing that, and I don't need to join in on that type of party. So I'm going to leave that alone, but I do want to say, and I want to be very clear, that I think that Charles has made a blunder once again, but Chuck does this quite often. He made a blunder by speaking up and speaking out without fully doing his research. And if you're going to do that, then be objective and come up with something about what they did wrong. I don't want to hear in a state that has stand your ground and a man has a pistol in his home legally, he can't use that pistol when somebody comes through the door because there are conflicting reports on did they announce themselves versus didn't they announce themselves. And they also had the right to not announce themselves because they had a no-knock warrant. So this was actually crazy situation. A, a, this was a situation that was a log, gas, and matches. You don't have to knock, but I also have the right to defend myself. So what? I mean, damn, they they 
they counterbalance each other. That 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 there was trouble waiting to happen, and it became trouble. It became this thing. Brianna Taylor is no longer with us. A young life snuffed out because the law is not even proper there. You can't have both. You can't have no knock and stand your ground in the same place. One has to give to the other. I understand that no knocks have been kind of thrown in the wayside, but, you know, and then they, they released this tape, but they released this tape and it's just barely, basically them getting an officer into a car. It's amazing that the body cam worked for that, but the body cam didn't work inside the apartment. And you know what? And did you wonder why people were angry? You wonder why people are angry when it's one thing after the next. You, you, wanton, wanton bullshit. You know, nobody charged with anything. You know what I mean? Nobody charged with anything. So the Lakers are up 3-1 over the Nuggets. The Nuggets are a tough team. I think that they, they're not ready yet, but man, you give them another year or two and they can keep their pieces together and and things of that nature and maybe add a, a couple of more little pieces off the bench where Mary and Joker don't have to do everything, they are going to be fine. But I expect the Lakers to take them out. And they play tonight at 9, 9 o'clock. And I think as long as the Lakers keeps their foot on the pedal, this series is over. Now, the Celtics and the Heat, the Celtics won last night, so the Heat are up 3-2. And they're playing a game tomorrow, Sunday at 7.30 p.m., which is a really bad time. We're talking about in the middle of the football day where a lot of people won't actually be watching the game. So I feel bad for both teams that they'll be out there balling. And I got... The Celtics going to push them to a game seven. I, I predicted that this would be a L.A. Boston finals, and I'm going to stick with that. I can't change my mind at this particular time. So we got Kobe Covington, big fucking mouth Kobe Covington. And thanks for nothing, Tyrod Woodley. I understand that you got hurt, man, and injuries happen, and I respect that. He was out there fighting. I, I used to box, so I understand that things happen, right? But this dude, Black Lives Matter, is a complete sham. It's a joke. They're taking these people are complete terrorists. They're bad people. Then he says, Woodley's a communist. Woodley's a Marcus. Woodley hates America. So not only being a fighter for Kobe Covington and at a high level, gives him the right to spout his mouth off, but it also makes him clairvoyant. He can read inside other people's hearts, minds, and souls. He can just completely put one group of whole people together. And for Dana to say that he heard nothing racist about that means that Dana is living with his head in the sand because suppose Kobe Kobe Covington said the same thing about the people of Abu Dhabi, and he bunched them up with, say, Al-Qaeda or ISIS. Would Dana then say that he doesn't want to muzzle him because these are business people and he wants to do business and make money? But you can bunch a whole group of black people in any bubble you want, and it's not considered racism. And by the way, 
UFC is in Abu Dhabi. They're on Yaz Island, better known as Fight Island. And we got Israel Alessandra. He's going up against Paulo Costa. Somebody zero's got to go today, people. Israel's 19 and Paulo is 13 and 0. So I did not like the way Paulo Costa looked yesterday. I thought he looked a little for him, a little under his Superman size. And Alessandra looked, you know, his normal skinny self, but he's so tall. And I don't expect this to even go two rounds. I don't know how it's going to end, but I, I'm, I'm going with Israel Alessandra in this fight. Dominus Reyes, who also looks super smooth, like he didn't have a, didn't seem to have a ripple in his body. He's going up against Jan Blakovich. I think I said that right, finally, Blakovich. I am taking Blakovich to beat Dominic Reyes, who I thought should have been a champion if he would have screamed, hollered, and acted a fool when he actually beat John Jones. But that's another story for another day. And we got Diego Sanchez is fighting Jake Matthews. Now, all these fights are going to be on ESPN+. Plus, So if you're interested, they will be on today, Saturday, ESPN+. Plus, and I'm sure you can find them on replay tomorrow. And then we got Caitlin Vieira is going up against Sarge Eubanks. Uh, I like Sarge. I don't think that she's super busy when she fights. Sometimes it seems like she just lays around. I would like to really see her let her hands go. And and I'm not very familiar with Mrs. Vieira. So I'm always interested in seeing what she, a new fighter I'm not interested. I mean, have not really seen much what they bring to the table. But I look forward to this card. Okay, Thursday night, we had the Miami Dolphins beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-13. You know what? Fitzpatrick is something else, man. For an old man, he just keeps doing it and doing it and doing it. He wasn't spectacular. I'm not saying that. Mishu definitely wasn't spectacular. And I'm glad I didn't actually stay up to watch this game. But, you know, that's what it is. Now, I like to watch football on Sundays in what I call the red zone, right? And because I have AT&T U-verse, they do not provide the red zone. So I have to thank FUBU TV for allowing me to buy weekly the red zone. So I appreciate you, FUBU TV. I mean, it's perfect HD, 4K vision, and I have 4K TV, so it's a beautiful thing. Now, I'm going to predict these football games, and we're going to get out of here. I'm going to let you enjoy your day, and I'm going to go on and enjoy my day. So we got San Francisco 49ers, and they're pretty beat up. They're going up against the New York Giants, but I think that they have enough to actually beat the Giants. I think the Giants are pretty bad, especially since they don't have Saquon Barkley. So I got to go with the 49ers. Now, the Washington football team is playing the Cleveland Browns, and this is a pretty historic game, people. We have Sarah Thomas. She's a female referee. The Cleveland Browns chief of staff is Carly Brownson. Naturally, that's a woman. And the Washington football team has an intern called Miss Jennifer King. So this is the first time that not only on the field, but both teams' sidelines have females. So this makes this, this is the first time in a hundred year history that we have three women involved with an NFL football game. 
That being said, the Cleveland Browns should have enough in the tank, God help me, to beat the Washington football team. Because when the Cleveland wins, boy, do we hear from Bacon Mayfield. I mean, he does anything. He ties his shoe correctly. We will hear for it. The Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Philadelphia Eagles. And I would have to say the Eagles should beat the Bengals. The Bengals will give them a, a tough fight. They got a rookie quarterback. But I like the Eagles in this game. We got those Las Vegas Raiders are playing the New England Patriots. So far, the Raiders have looked good. But Belichick has had a week. They opened up the offense a little with Cam. I'm going with the Patriots. We got the Bears versus the Falcons. The Falcons have showed me nothing. I mean, to give that lead back to Dallas that they gave last week was horrendous. But the Bears have Trubisky, so I have to go with the Falcons. At least they have Julio Jones and Ryan. We got the Los Angeles Rams versus the Buffalo Bills. And both of these teams are undefeated, so somebody's always got to go on this one. Uh, they're in Buffalo. Maybe the West Coast, East Coast trip would have worn the Rams out a little bit. I actually like the Bills to stay undefeated and win this game. Now, here's a very good one. We got the Houston, Texas going to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. So far, the Steelers have been good, but I believe the Texans are starving for a victory, and I'm going to go with Watson and the Texans to win this game. We got the Tennessee Titans versus the Minnesota Vikings. Another team that is starving for the victory is the Minnesota Vikings. I think that Cousins finally turns this around, and they get a victory in Minnesota. Carolina Panthers are playing the Los Angeles Chargers. The Panthers without Christian McCafferty have nothing. I have got to go with the Chargers. The Chargers have got to be able to beat this team if they even want a successful season. The Jets are going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. I'm going with Old Man Rivers. I can't even believe it, but the Jets are so bad. I have no choice but to go with Old Man Rivers in this game. So I am picking the Colts to win. The Tampa, oh no, before I get to that, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be playing the Seattle Seahawks. The 12th man won't be in attendance for the most part, but Seattle is running on all cylinders. And this is a make or break kind of game of who the Cowboys are going to be. It's hard for me to not go against the Seattle Seahawks, but I think that the Cowboys have just enough offense to handle anything Seattle does. It comes down to the defensive backs. And my head says Seattle, but my heart is going to go with the Cowboys on this one. I'm willing to be wrong, but I, the Cowboys need this victory. Oh, yeah, Doc, didn't you say you hate the Cowboys now? But you know what I thought about it? I'm living in 2020. Cowboys have been my team since 1972. Where am I going to go? Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to have no football team. So I might as well stick with the ship that I've been riding on my whole life. Tampa Bay Buccaneers play the Denver Broncos. I don't like the Broncos offense, and I'm thinking that Tampa Bay might open up even a little bit more this weekend. So I'm going to take Brady and the Bucs to win this game. Sunday night's game is a good one. You got Rodgers and the Packers. Versus Breeze and the Saints in New Orleans. Uh, we get to see if Rodgers is and that Packers team is as good as they've been looking. Because, like I said, 
And I've said this before. They were 13-3 and last year, and they didn't seem like it. They started this season 2-0, and and they don't really seem that good. But Rodgers and Adams, Devontae Adams, is a hell of a combination. And Drew Brees looked bad, and he did not have, and he does not have Michael Thomas. So the Saints are behind the eight ball. John Payton has got to come up with a game plan that works Kamora and more. But I kind of like the Panthers to go steal a game in New Orleans. So I'm going with the Packers. And the Monday night game is the game of the week, people. The Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and the Baltimore Ravens, Jamal, Lamar Jackson. Uh, This should be a barn burner. We could have a 38-41 game here. And I think that the Ravens, will beat Kansas City in Baltimore. Uh, Blowout? No, I don't think at all any kind of blowout, but I'm expecting an exciting game between two of the most dynamic young quarterbacks who have ever come down the pike. So I appreciate you being here with me on Strange Talk with Doc. Once again, I'm your host, Doc. I wish you a blessed weekend. I will be back Monday doing a sports and weekend news wrap-up show Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here. You can, Like I said, you can always check my blog on my webpage, and it will give you all the information about anything that's going on with Strange Talk with Doc, how you can interact, how you can comment, how you can get in contact with me. It's all listed there. And I'm going to tell you people like I tell you each and every time. Peace to you and peace to yours.